Feels like our second Friday of the week. Tanner Hoops with you, joined by Ryan Stieg out of the Mining Journal. He's here with us every Friday as we uh, love to have him here. What's up, Ryan? Doing all right. Yeah. It's been a long week, but I'm doing all right. Did you have a good fourth? It was pretty good. Uh, my folks are up this weekend. So yeah, I'm, mine too. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, kind of chilling out. Um, and they're, we're going to go to the fireworks last night, but that mm-hmm. got canceled. We're going to have to miss Well, my folks will be able to go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working at the office tonight, mm. so I'm going to miss them. But. Yeah, fireworks postponed till tonight here in Marquette. It'll be our first fireworks here in Marquette, my family and I, so I'm excited for it. You, were you going to go last night? Mm-hmm. And just <laughs> we didn't get the memo that they were canceled, so we were on the roof of my building waiting for it to start, waiting and waiting, and we were like, where is everybody? Like, this would be the place everyone would come, you would think, for the fireworks. And it's... Yeah. <laughs> no one showed up, and we never got the memo that they were postponed. We eventually got it. I found out uh, when I was at... Uh we had stopped at Dairy Queen, mm. and we found out via the cashier <laughs> that they were canceled. So it saved us a trip down there. But uh, yeah, so uh, and that yeah, they're gonna they might check them out tonight. But I'll be stuck in the office. So there well, you go. Sorry to hear that. Uh, we'll be thinking of you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we got a lot to get to today. Over the course of the next hour, we have got Kawhi Leonard's decision. We're still waiting on, and I get the feeling he's going to make us wait and string this out as much as possible. Earlier this week, I went through my NHL playoff predictions. We got the hockey expert of Marquette in the studio with us. He's going to tell me if I'm full of you know what when I read my predictions and my reasoning why to him. Uh, Coco Goff, the legend, continues. The 15-year-old rallied and won earlier today. We've got the Women's World Cup Championship coming up this weekend. All-Star Week by the time I uh, sign on and talk to you next week. All that more is coming up over the course of the next hour with Tanner Hoops and Ryan Stieg and the sports pen. I tell you what, if we get the Kawhi update here in this show... I we'll can't wait to be able it. to break yeah. it, you bet. I just want to know where he's going, and it seems like that we're on hold longer than we ever have been with any other stu- uh, any other superstar. But when you think about it, you put it in perspective, back in 2016, Kevin Durant announced his decision on July 4th. Uh, LeBron James waited until July 10th, back in 2010. It's only July 5th, and yet it feels a lot longer, like we've been waiting a lot longer for Kawhi Leonard's decision. I think he's going to play it out as long as he possible can, <laughs> until he stops being the guy in the spotlight, which would probably be a couple more weeks, and then NFL training camp starts, and he'll be overshadowed again. So, Do you really think he could wait multiple weeks? I think, I think he literally doesn't care about it all he doesn't care what people think you know if people are getting impatient he's just i'll make my decision i make my decision now grant uh, that you know toronto's in the mix the lakers the cripple the the clippers are trying to make a attempt at getting him but the clippers are a mess right now i know the knicks are desperately <laughs> hoping but that ain't gonna happen so they cancel their meeting with him no no uh but that's just nick's management overall. knicks are gonna nick yep and uh, I don't know. I'm leaning. I think he's going to go back to the Raptors. Think That's so? my prediction. Just because, I mean, he's a team player, but he mm-hmm. was the star on the Raptors. If he goes to the Lakers, he's automatically behind LeBron and whoever they pick up. And you know, they're still trying to move for other players. So I think he's going to stick with Toronto. I tell you what, I tend to agree with you. I tend to think that he is leaning Toronto. And a few things, uh, a few reasons make me think why. Apparently, reportedly, by Jalen Rose here at ESPN, is that the deal on the table from Toronto would be two years, which would take him to his 10th year in the league, which by then he would be free to explore any other option where he can make more than he ever has. 
and uh, Masai Ujiri, the architect behind the Raptors' run to a championship this year, had the chance to take off for Washington and decided not to. And it makes you wonder why. Now, for one thing, Washington isn't in a good spot. Toronto wasn't in a great spot a few years ago, but he stuck with them. The other thing being, would he stay in Toronto? Would he turn down a job to go somewhere else if he knew that Kawhi Leonard might not come back? I I think he would stay. Well, he, he has a stable place right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he loses Kawhi, that's obviously going to hurt the roster. But there's a good core there that maybe if they could go make a playoff run that they did. But uh, I don't think he would stay if he didn't think he had a good shot of getting it. That's what makes me think maybe there's a chance Toronto's going to get him. But in the long term, we got to know Toronto's a temporary place for Kawhi Leonard. I mean, even if it works out that he picks Toronto, it's very likely going to be for a two-year deal, and then he's gone somewhere else. So it's not like he's going to retire a Raptor by any means. It's just kind of a short-term thing. Maybe pick up another championship or two in the process. He could do that, and uh, he and Dan Milwaukee are going to be the favorites next year. Yep. The East, so it's like... If he comes back. If he comes back, yeah. Uh, Toronto will probably fall to like a three or four seed after I that. had him at seven. Really? I think they're going to fall all the way to seven without Kawhi. I don't know if I'd go that far. But no? Yeah, I uh, I think they'll still be a playoff team. But I think, uh, I think he'll stick at Toronto, and I agree with you. It's only going to be like two max three deal because it's not the market. You know, Toronto, especially in Stephen A. Smith's eyes, mm-hmm. it's it's not the market for people, and which is kind of true because it is Canada. I mean, basketball players aren't clamoring to go live in Toronto. They no. want to be in L.A. They want to be in New York or Miami to a lesser extent. If they were in a better situation in Miami, I could see more people wanting mm-hmm. to go there. But, uh, yeah, I think he goes to Toronto, stays there for a little bit, maybe tries to snare another title, and uh, then he'll move on. Uh, I still I just don't see it in L.A. I don't no. see him wanting to be the second guy. I think he's emerged as a one guy, and mm-hmm. if you're a one guy, you don't want to share with a one guy. Technically, he'd be sitting back seat to that one guy, so he'd be like 1A or like <laughs> 1.5 or something. I don't know. I think that – okay, tell me if I'm crazy for saying this, but if he were to go to the Lakers, which I hope he doesn't, I want some parity in the NBA. If he were to go to the Lakers – then he might be uh, he might be the second best player in that team. He might be behind Anthony Davis and not LeBron because you could make the argument, given where LeBron is coming off injury and with his age, that he would be the weakest of that big three. Maybe, yeah. but I think he's still the more talent, most talented of all of them. So. He, he is, yeah, <laughs> but where he is in his age, almost a decade older than both of them, plus coming off injury, he might be the weakest of that group. Like yeah. He needs them to need a championship more than they need him. I would say, yeah, at this point, he needs a more supporting cast than he can actually just win it by himself. He almost did. <laughs> Single-handedly, but, uh, you know, you you need at least an, a second piece and a third piece, preferably. And uh, I think if he wants to make one last run, he he's going to need somebody like Kawhi or, you know, if Durant were to land there. I know Durant doesn't want to be with LeBron because mm-hmm. it's the whole ego thing, but uh, who knows? Well, I tell you what. I, I agree with you in the sense that the Lakers still need another piece. But if they don't get Kawhi and they pretty much just eat the salary cap space that they freed up in free agency, maybe they can use it midseason and acquire somebody or a few different pieces. But I still feel like 
what they have right now is not good enough to win the NBA Finals. And I was doing my playoff predictions the other day, and I still think that the Lakers are going to be inept to the point where they are going to ruin it somehow. They should have the number one seed locked up, but something tells me that they are going to blow it because that's all they've done here in the last almost half decade. But I still keep thinking, if not the Lakers, then who is going to get the top seed in the West? That's what I can't figure out. Yeah. I can't either. I mean, it was almost it was always locked in that Golden State will have it, mm-hmm. but it's like Portland. But even then, you know, because yeah, they're not a strong one. I I don't think yeah. Denver is going to be able no, to be as no. good as they were last. I don't year, think they'll either. Yeah, I think. I and think it's tough for me to say Houston. <laughs> Houston's like on its last legs. Yes. I mean, they had their chance, and now it's like. Something needs to happen <laughs> for them to do it. Like they need to land a big third person to be mm-hmm. able to pull it off. I just I feel like Houston is going to be aggressive at the trade deadline and make moves, but do you want to go play in Houston right now? Like, is that an attractive place? I don't think Houston has ever really been an attractive <laughs> place for anybody to play, but maybe back in the Olajuwon days. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Not if you if you're a ultra team guy and you want to be the guy behind James Harden, go for it. But if you're a guy who does not who wants the spotlight on him, you're not going to go to Houston. I feel like a guy like Kyle Lowry would be perfect in Houston. I would say so. Yeah, a guy who likes being a role player, a number two guy, but he's still one of the upper echelon players in the NBA. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be a good fit for yeah. him. But he just, you know, I think he's also comfortable where he is too. Well, I tell you what, whoever loses out on Kawhi, those two teams that saved all the salary cap space, and Kawhi doesn't pick them. They saw a lot of good players fly off the board, a lot of guys that they could have spent that money on. Banking on just one guy. Right, and they could have went out and got, you know, maybe some B-plus players, guys like that. Nikola Vucevic maybe being the biggest one. And they decided to pass on him because they hope Kawhi's going to come. They put all their eggs in one basket. And that's why I think whoever loses on this uh, Kawhi situation could end up being the biggest losers in all of free agency. Maybe even more than the Knicks. Which is unheard of, because the Knicks are always the losers. But I think, yeah, I agree with you on that. There's whoever misses out on him after leaving all that space, hoping that they could get them, not being able to swade him over to your, uh, get him over there. But, uh, yeah, it it would be a huge blow to them, and uh, they might have a hard time recovering this year. Especially if it's the Clippers and the Raptors that miss out. Because the way those two are built right now without Kawhi, neither will contend for a title. If they do get Kawhi, I would say they're both title contenders. L.A., as in the Lakers, could be title contenders even without Kawhi. I think I think it's down to Toronto and the Lakers. I think the Clippers are completely out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And I would say, but I think he's just going to go back to Toronto because he's a top guy there. He won a title. If he goes back, he has a great shot of winning again. And I think that's, for at least for the time being... Because he has a chance to win there, that's where he wants to be. Plus, they love him there. They yeah, do. Yeah. I mean, like, if he goes to L.A., he would... L.A. is such a big city full of so many celebrities. Mm-hmm. He would be what, like, in terms of celebrity-wise, like a B? <laughs> you know, LeBron's an A. He right. would be a B. And but, he makes it tough on himself. Yeah. And uh, you got... And especially for having no personality, that doesn't help me. <laughs> Not in a city like that. So, uh, 
Yeah, I think Toronto's a good fit for him, and I think that's what he picks. Even if he leaves this year, though, they're going to build gold statues of him in front of the stadium. But right now, he's just sitting out somewhere, watching TV, watching himself on SportsCenter, cutting up his apple slices, and getting ready to mail in his decision via traditional envelope. Watching Stranger Things on Netflix, (laughs) you know, just not paying attention to ESPN. You know... And on the side note, where people are tracking his SUV, mm-hmm. you remember when they did that to Brett Favre? Oh, yeah. Following his jet <laughs> and just, like, waiting at the airport, Ed Werder on the tarmac. Yes. <laughs> it's like, have we reached that point where we're literally stalking yes, people? Yes, it and, is and, total paparazzi right it's now. It's like, that's kind of pathetic overall, because it's like... Just wait till he... I don't know. It's stupid. No one did this last year when LeBron was a free agent. No one did it for Kevin Durant a few weeks ago. At least not to this extent. Yeah. So I don't know what makes Kawhi so special that he deserves, like, a Kawhi watch going on. Maybe we're just fascinated at how reclusive he is, at how low profile he is. He is on Twitter. You know, there's... uh, People talk about how he doesn't have social media. He does actually have a Twitter. He made it back in, like, 2014, and he hasn't used it, I don't think, since. He's only got four tweets, and he only follows six accounts. And I'm looking at it right now. He follows Jamal Crawford, apparently they're friends, the San Antonio Spurs, because he played for them at the time, Wingstop San Antonio, uh, he follows Michael Jordan, Impact Sports, and then HEB, which is a grocery store in Texas. <laughs> Wingstop. Wingstop, San Antonio. Of all the places, I mean, apparently the guy likes his wings, so... He's fascinating to learn about. Like, he doesn't reveal a lot, but the more we learn about him, even something as small as that, it's just fascinating. He's... He's a human. He eats he eats food that we do. Like like you see in the magazines, celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard eats the same food we do. Oh, I tell you what, before we take a break, and one more point on the NBA. Have you ever heard of a summer league game getting sold out? Because that's what's going to happen tonight when Zion Williamson makes his NBA to be a debut. Him and New Orleans take on R.J. Barrett and the Summer Knicks. The Summer Knicks. The Summer Knicks against the Summer Pels. That might be a very sad game to watch. (laughs) (laughs) You get to see Zion, but a very not worthwhile game to watch. You get to see Zion against RJ and then not much else. Yeah. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, the legend of Coco Golf continues, plus a former Wildcat. Making big strides up north next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you on the Sports Pen Friday afternoon. Glad to have you along. Still no word from Kawhi, so we transition. The legend of Coco Golf continues. The 15-year-old phenom rallied earlier today, and she won to advance to the Sweet 16 at Wimbledon. She first became a household name a couple of days ago when she beat Venus Williams in the first round. Everyone thought, wow, this is impressive. And now she's actually making a run of it. Now people are starting to think, how far is she going to go? It's interesting how uh, tennis is one of the sports where you know teenage players can really excel Mm -hmm. and uh the williams sisters did that and uh there's a brief stretch where anna kornikova did that you know and uh i it's fascinating to watch uh wimbledon is a very interesting 
I, I mean, they're all all the Grand Slam events are fun. Mm-hmm. I like I like the French Open because it's on the clay, and that's kind of fun. Um, but Wimbledon is the premier event, and uh, everybody gets into it, and it's it's a little fun storyline going on. I'm excited to see how far she goes. I mean, I'm rooting for her the rest of this way. Yeah, I'm hoping. Think the whole. I think she can win it. I think she'll hit a wall eventually. I don't know. I really don't know what to expect with I tennis. Because I think, I feel like Venus is on the last legs of her career. She is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I feel like as cool as that was, it's like, wait till she beats Serena, and then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll get really, really excited. I'm intrigued right now, but like. Wait till she pulls a huge upset. Then. What is going on with all the upsets at Wimbledon? Uh, Venus got beat in the first round the other day. Dominic Team got beat. I think three of the top ten got beat in the first round of Wimbledon. Caroline Wozniak lost today. It's Tennis is odd. There's some people who are just locked in that you know are going to make it far. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that are very, are very good players but sometimes just don't show up on a day. I mean, I can't remember who it was who just got bounced in three sets. Like mm-hmm. I think it was like a year ago. I can't remember the name, but it's like it was just a terrible performance. And it's just like, did you like not get any sleep the night before <laughs> or what? Because sometimes they just sleepwalk out there on the court. Uh, but that's what makes tennis fun because sometimes it's really unpredictable. And uh, this is a fun little story. I've never been a huge fan of Pro tennis. I played tennis for a long time growing up. Almost played in college. I had the opportunity to play in college. I decided to go into broadcast instead because I wasn't going pro in tennis. I was going to go pro in this, so I thought it would be a better investment in my time. Uh, I have not picked up a rack in years, and I'm sure I'm washed up. And But beyond that, I just cannot stand watching tennis. I love playing it, but I can't stand watching it. It can be very... I mean, the final, if you're going to, like, the Wimbledon final and the French Open final and stuff like that, those are fun because mm-hmm. it's usually two stars that are in there and mm-hmm. it's going to be competitive. But, like, in the first rounds of events like Wimbledon, they'll put you to sleep. It's, oh, like, yeah. watching, it's like watching golf. Like, I mean, even if it's the majors, you know, until Sunday, it's kind of like... Right. Okay. I'll turn on the 18th hole. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, like, I'll turn in for, like, 20 minutes to see, oh, who's leading? You know, like, uh, let's see how they're doing. But it's just like, I'm not going to sit there and watch the whole thing because it's, it's blah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about sports like golf or tennis that don't do it for me, don't excite me. It's not the pace because I love baseball. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about it, to be honest with you. I think tennis and golf have, like, just... Golf has always been seen as that the rich guy sport mm. <laughs> that, you know, you have to afford to be able to play golf. So it's not really – there's only, like, a certain clique of people that mm. really attach themselves to golf, whereas tennis is the same way. Not necessarily a rich guy's sport, but just it's it's a niche group of people. It's just – unlike baseball or, you know, which is slow. Right. But it built up a following. Tennis didn't come – really really truly popular to like the 70s mm-hmm. and then it's been popular since but it just it's never been able to overcome it well and it hasn't really gone anywhere because at least on the men's side of things there is no american top tier player you know we've had some women's players that have done extremely well over the last few years the williams sisters and coco golf looks like she could be somebody to watch in the next few years but i don't know if it hasn't taken off as far as popularity its popularity has been stunted because lack of american success on the male side you think about andy roddick he's no longer in the game and he was about as close as we've had in a long time i mean 
I can't even remember. I mean, <laughs> Andy Roddick is probably the most recent. Then mm-hmm. maybe Pete Sampras before oh, that. Oh, boy. Or maybe Agassi. Yeah, maybe. I, uh, and then every... It's all Europeans now, mm-hmm. you know? The Europeans, you got Federer, you got Nadal, you got Andy Murray, you got Djokovic, mm-hmm. you know? it's And they're the premier guys. If The stars are from Europe. They're not from America right now. Sam Query, though, with the big upset earlier this week. Sam Query did it. John Isner gave us that marathon match like 10 years ago. You're from Minnesota. Is Marty Fish a tennis legend there? I don't even know who Marty Fish is. <laughs> he used so, to be a big deal. Yeah, I, I He's don't, from Edina. Uh, I don't think a few people know Marty. Unless you're a huge fan, I don't think anybody knows I Marty liked Fish. Marty Fish back in the day. Well, really? oh, here, I've got one. I've got one. Since Rod, uh, Roddick was probably the biggest American since McEnroe. I'd say Sampras was probably there. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Probably more successful than he was, too. Roddick had like Roddick was more like a flash in the pan thing. They were like two or three years where he was like a huge star. Mm-hmm. But like he'd start to play like Federer and Nadal would emerge and he just couldn't keep up with them. Because the best part of his game was his serve. He had the fastest serve in the world. And beyond that, Nadal, Federer, and everybody younger than him was better at him than every other aspect yeah, of his game. Yeah, it's like you can serve well, but he didn't have the backhand. Mm-hmm. He didn't have the uh, the footwork that a lot of these other And his vision wasn't uh, – it wasn't as good as the European players are. He, he, he couldn't see the whole court. And that's mm-hmm. what everybody says. you got to be able to see your spots. And he would kind of zero in on a certain area and make kind of predictable moves. He peaked around 06, 07, and then 2009, I think, is when he married a supermodel. And that was pretty much it. It was over after that. So when you re- when you marry a supermodel, it's over. You've completed stop focusing that. on tennis. Yeah, yeah you've, you've packed it in. <laughs> You're more of a celebrity at that point than he's just more enjoying home life than he yeah, is tennis. Yeah, I could just. I mean, eventually you reach that point in your career, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's usually when you start to fall off of the top ten when people stop not paying right. attention to you. And uh, but yeah, I just I've been waiting for an American male star to emerge, and nobody's been able to really do it yet. Well, Coco Goff might be doing it on the women's side. I'm excited to see where she ends up in this tournament. By the way, a former Northern Michigan standout, he's doing big things north of the border. If you're a fan of the Canadian Football League, maybe you're watching last night. And former Northern wideout Marcus Tucker, remember him? Big night last night. Yeah, he, uh, you know, former enemy wide receiver. He did kickoff returns too. He was. He was during Northern's uh, tenure, he was one of the few bright spots on that team, and uh, he got picked up by the Steelers, was on their practice squad, couldn't quite crack the the full roster, um, but now he's really become a star out in you know the CFL for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, yes. uh, and uh, he seems to be having a blast up there at, uh, you know, and like I was telling you, a lot of guys who just can't seem to catch on in the NFL will move on to the CFL and just have a they're having fun out there it's a mm-hmm. very very different way of looking at things it's professional mm-hmm. people care it's competitive Canada gets really behind it they do. but it's it doesn't have like the ultra corporate feel of the NFL it's more of a this is going to be an awesome game but let's go have fun with it. Um, you know, I love the Rouge, the one-point scoring. I mean, you, three downs, you have 12 guys on the team, yep. on the field instead of 11. It's, 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 for me, it's a lot more fun than arena football because arena's indoors, mm-hmm. and it's on a smaller field. Much look, more fun than arena. Yeah, and it's just 
it looks bizarre. I mean, yeah, CFL's unique in a way, but at least it looks the same. Right. It's like regular football, you know. And plus, they love. There's a lot more gambling, I would say, on the field. Um, they love doing trick plays they in the do. CFL, and uh, so it's it's a little more exciting. It's not. Let's run the ball up the middle. Let's keep doing the same play over and over again. It's uh, let's see how crazy we can get. And he made a nice catch in the end zone. Apparently caught a two pointer too. He did. Yeah. So it's uh, I'm glad he's he's catching on somewhere because I feel like he's too good of a receiver not to, you know, be somewhere and have success. Unfortunately, Hamilton suffered their first loss last night. They are now three and one. Canadian football is fun, and to touch on your point, where they are out there more for fun than anything, these guys aren't doing it for the money. If they, they don't were, get paid right, well. right, they would be in the NFL. Otherwise, you know, if they were good enough, they would be down in the States. This is a way for them to play at a professional level. They're not going to make NFL money by any stretch, yet they're still doing it at a high level professionally. Yeah, there, I mean, there's some guys who have their own jobs outside of the CFL in the off season, you know, because <laughs> they don't make bank enough right? to actually just live off CFL wages. They... It's to still be able to play football and enjoy the game. There have been some people who have turned CFL careers into success and then caught on back in the NFL. Yeah, you man. know, I mean, they may not become stars; they become serviceable backups. Mm-hmm. You know, they actually get some playing time. You know, so who knows? Maybe this will be his chance to break in. But I think right now he's just having fun. I mean, if you, I don't think he ever considered the cfl to be like his destination mm-hmm. but uh if you watch him on social media he's he's having the time of his life i'm thinking about some of these guys have graduated from the cfl they've come to the nfl and had success is there a bigger cfl success story than jeff garcia won a couple of great cups up there and then he came here and won a super bowl Doug Flutie for a period of time. Oh, yes. Uh, Forgot about Doug Flutie. Yeah, he was uh, with the Argonauts. Yeah. I think he won a couple of Grey Cups, came down, uh, hooked up with the Bills, became their starter, uh, kicked a drop <laughs> a drop <laughs> kick extra point. I mean, he's, I mean, if you're in the CFL, you're never going to put up. If you get a chance in the NFL game, you're not going to become the superstar. There's no hidden Kurt Warner that's been overlooked for years. But you could still have a very solid career. Jeff Garcia had a great career, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a name that people remember. Doug Flutie's a name that people remember. And uh, I don't know. It's way too early to tell, but I really hope Marcus makes it. He's a good guy. He's a good interview, and uh, he's a really humble guy. Like he's a he's a very quiet personality. So I hope that uh, I hope he catches on there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in the sports pen, hitting the bottom of the hour, so let's take our next time out. When we come back, I gave you my NHL playoff predictions for the upcoming season earlier this week. Ryan is going to tell me if I'm right and if I'm wrong next in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you on the sports pen, Friday afternoon, glad to have you along. Here's your Sports Center update. NFL's analyst Teddy Bruski is in stable condition and resting comfortably after suffering a stroke yesterday. Bruski, a three-time Super Bowl champion during his 13-year playing career, also suffered a stroke in 2005. The Pittsburgh Penguins extend the contract of head coach Mike Sullivan by four years. Sullivan has guided the Penguins to two Stanley Cups and four 100-point seasons in four years. And finally... 
Joey Chestnut remains the top dog, defending his title yesterday at the 103rd Annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Competition. Chestnut consumed 71 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. And he finished 21 hot dogs ahead of second place. Chestnut has now won 12 Nathan's Hot Dog titles and has reached the 70 hot dog mark every year since 2016. How about that? Do you think he tastes them no. as they're going down? Like, does the flavor even sink in? Because... If you're pounding down 71, it's like, do you even notice them? Or are they just going straight down? It's just, I don't know, the 30 for 30 on him and Kobayashi is interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I, I feel like when I was younger, I could eat a lot of food. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I can't imagine devoting my time <laughs> to eating like mounds. Like you got to practice this, how to gourd yourself. Yeah, dipping in the water. Sometimes you got to chew three at a time, and it's just like, I, I mean, seventy one is insane. I mean, I remember it was like it was unheard of when uh, Kobayashi started hitting the sixties, mm-hmm. and then Chestnut started to catch up to him, and uh, now Chestnut's getting into the seventies. It's just like, it's insane. I mean. You know, someone should ask him. Has anyone asked him? Does you do you even like hot dogs? Because <laughs> that's like, I mean, you, you either have to really like them to be able to do it, or you just d- ignore it while you're doing it. Because it's the biggest challenge. It's the hot dog challenges. Everybody knows about that one. But uh, I don't know. Someone, I don't know if anybody's ever asked him. Do you actually enjoy hot dogs? Because that's what I'd like. To I wonder how he figured out he has a talent for speed eating hot dogs. Or any that food. could be a fun story because I think he's he's done other eating events too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, did did he just start putting them away at some point? Like eat like thirty in one sitting <laughs> and be like, maybe I can make a career out of this. Do you think that he ever spends any time at a baseball game? Because if he did, and he gets a smell of hot dogs there, and he has to pay ballpark prices, he'd probably be broke. Like seventy one ballpark hot dogs. Could you imagine how much that would cost? Even on dollar a dog night. That's seventy one dollars that you're putting away with mm-hmm. that. If you if it was like remember when dome dogs were like five dollars? Yep. Yeah, so it's like then you time that by five dollars mm-hmm. and it's just it's but that's what I want to know. Does he actually truly like hot dogs? Because if he does he couldn't go to a baseball game without being driven crazy. Yeah. Because if you he doesn't particularly care for them and he does it just to show that he can do it, <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's uh, but he's a fascinating character. Uh, on the hot dog eating contest. It's an interesting event. Well, and this is the 103rd annual event that was yesterday, anyway. Which means back in 1916, somebody got the idea that said, "Let's have a contest, recognize and celebrate whoever can shovel the most fast food down their throat in 10 minutes." And I've never had a Nathan's hot dog, but I heard they're pretty good. Are they? Yeah, but I mean, you look back then. I mean, what do you think? It was like. Well, you know, and people are thinking like, wow, look at that guy. Look at that guy, you know, and now it's like, okay, unless you hit 60, I'm not impressed. (laughs) Or if Joey doesn't hit 70, it's like you had an off day, man. Step up your game. So the last time he ate below 70 hot dogs in 10 minutes was 2015. Just let that sink in. Is 71 his record or is he actually passed? I think he's gone over that. I'm not sure what his record is off the top of my head. But he has gotten at least 70 in each of the last four competitions. I mean, do you think he gets to a certain point, you know, when he has, like, a massive lead and he's just like, okay, I can, like, slow down now? Or is he, like, full board to the very end? 
I gotta think it's like when you're jogging on a treadmill. Like for me, it does better for me if I don't look at the clock. Like if you know, I just try to focus on something else, and I'm not saying, all right, just a couple of more minutes, I gotta go. I wonder if it's like the same thing when you're eating hot dogs. You don't want to look at the scoreboard. You just want to keep shoving them in, piling them down, and what have you. But then you do look at the clock or you do look at the scoreboard. It's not as many as you thought, and you get disappointed. Yeah, because from what I've seen, they don't really glance at anything else except the hot dogs. But I have to think, at least at one point, they at least glance (laughs) to see where they're at. You know, oh, I need to pick up the pace a little bit, or, you know. Or if you're Joey, do like, oh, do I, can I like just pack it in at this point? I'm up by 20. <laughs> you know, it's all, it's, uh, it's a fascinating event and uh, I look forward to it. I feel like the guy sitting next to him has to have a huge disadvantage because you may not be able to see his score. But you're but on you camera. you see him shoveling hot dogs at a much quicker rate than you are. Yeah, you're, you're on camera and people get to see you and you, you're at like 45 and Joey's hitting the 60s <laughs> and you're just like, I mean, that's got to be a little deflating. Oh, I mean, sure. yeah, even even if you know how good he is at what he does, it's just like, oh, I got beat by twenty, and I was standing right next to him, and everybody knows it because my score is right in the middle of the television screen. <laughs> I have never tried to eat as many hot dogs as I can in about ten minutes. I think the most I ever have is three. Most hot dogs I've ever had is three too. No, and uh, we got a little ways to go to, to yeah. catch Joey Chestnut. Yeah. But I, I, I don't have the time or the effort to put in like that he does. <laughs> I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along. Earlier this week, I gave you my eight predictions for the Eastern Conference playoff teams and the Stanley Cup playoffs and the eight Western Conference teams as well. Ryan's our hockey expert. I'm going to run these teams by him, and I'm going to get his thoughts on what we know now. This coming a couple of days after free agency has settled down, and again, a few more moves could be made, what have you, but this is where we're at right now. I don't have these in any particular order, but here's what I have in the Eastern Conference. I've got Washington, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa, Florida, Toronto, and New York is in the Rangers. I don't know about the Rangers. No? I just, I don't. I think they're kind of a mess, and uh, if, maybe give it a couple years. I think so. Um, uh, Florida, I don't know. <laughs> it's like I want to think positive about them, but I don't know. I think Florida. I don't think the Rangers agree with you on that one, but I think uh, I think Florida. You're okay in there. I think that they had good enough days in free agency that proves they're hungry enough that even if they're still lagging in the standings mid-season, yeah. they'll go out and make moves to try and cash in because on uh, on New York's part, they want to take advantage of the last window of opportunity with Henrik Lundqvist. So they go out and they get Panarin. They steal Jacob Truba from Winnipeg. I'm not convinced that they're done making moves. I think yeah. they have enough pieces there that they could end up building around them and find a way to sneak in. Remember when we were thinking that uh, Columbus was going to keep both their guys or potentially <laughs> one of their guys and lost them both? It, it plus Duchesne. Yeah. So, Terrible wait, day for Columbus. No. And uh, Bobrovsky was like, I'm, I'm here to win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, really? You might be waiting a little bit. <laughs> it's like... I think Tampa has a better chance of winning the cup right now before you do. But, uh, yeah, I, I think overall the only one I'd question is the Rangers. But, yeah, I think I think you're good there. I think Washington has 
pretty much every significant piece coming back. Pittsburgh is pretty much every significant piece coming back. New Boston's Jersey is there. Boston, same thing. And New Jersey had a great offseason so far. Yeah, Len and Subban and a uh, great draft overall for them. I think that puts them in the you know in good playoff spot position. Uh, and then everybody else is just kind of like, We'll get in. I mean, Tampa's going to be strong again, but you wonder how much long they have left. This I, was don't, like, I don't think they're a cup contender this year. I think this is their last year mm-hmm. as a cup contender. And uh, after that, it's like they're just going to be a playoff team and hoping for the best. Pull a St. Louis Blues or something like that. Maybe they need a theme song. There you go. Yeah. They need their own Gloria. Yeah. You know, is that the key? Like, if you adopt a song from the 80s, is that going to, you know, if that's what Penguins you need did to that during their cup run. Party yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean, or, uh, I mean, maybe the Leafs, they, you know, ever since they adopted that, they've gotten better. They adopted Hall & Oates as their goal mm. song. They've got, they've improved as a team. So keep that as the goal song, but add another song to it as your theme song, you know, and maybe that'll get the Leafs to where they want to be. Uh Toronto, by the way, I did include. They're starting to look. They're starting to listen to us. They are starting to realize you need defense if you're going to yeah, be a yeah. cup contender. It's I mean, like, I thought they were good enough to be a playoff team with the kind of offensive players they had, but they pull off that trade with Colorado to get Tyson Berry, and they're actually starting to become a balanced team. Yeah, they're looking at it as, oh, we can't just score four goals a <laughs> night and hope to survive. You know, that may work at Penn State, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work at the pros. And uh, it's nice to see them figure it out. I like it when the Canadian teams are successful. And uh, just things need to click in the management move. You can't just rely on star power like Austin Matthews and stuff like that. Do you think Tampa Bay is done adding pieces or making any more moves? Because as they are right now. I still don't think they're a cup contender because they lost Callahan this offseason. They lost Strawman. A couple of big pieces for a team that couldn't get to the cup final anyway. I think with the pieces they have, they have enough. They are not... I don't think they'll be the number one seed next year. I think they'll be a two, maybe mm-hmm. a three. But I think this is like their last gasp. If they do it, if they don't do it next year, they're now then they're going to start plummeting the six and the sevens and just showing up kind of a thing. So if you agree with me on seven of my eight teams, who would you stick in the playoffs in New York's place? That's a good question. What? I would say. Maybe Philadelphia. I have them finishing two places out. Okay. I think they're going to hang on to the last week, and I think they'll be better. I still have them a year or two away, at least one year away. I have Montreal as the first team out for me. Okay. I could see that. I don't know. I just have a feeling about Philadelphia. I think the Islanders are going to take a big step back this year. Boy, what a a whiff. Big time whiff. Yeah. I mean, everybody's all high on them. Hey, look what they did in the first round. And then they forget to show up against Carolina. and it's yeah. Then they get purged during free agency. Yeah. And then uh, in the West, who do you got? Do you got anything? In the West, I've got, in no particular order, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, Nashville, San Jose, Calgary, and Arizona. I think Arizona's going to make it. Well, you are a Yotes backer, so I can I, see that. I, I'm a Penguins guy, <laughs> but but I I think that they're building something special over there, and I think this is the year they finally end the drought. Okay, 
Okay. They were eliminated the last week of the regular season last year. They've got a head coach that's been bringing them along. I think it's his third year now in Rick Tockett's tenure. And that's not Dave Pick. And that's not, not Dave, Dave Tippett. Tippett. Yeah. And, uh, oh, boy, they made a conference final with Dave Tippett. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And Rick Tockett's an upgrade, and they've steadily gotten better under him. They add Phil Kessel compared to a young group that has talent, but they never really had an experienced leader other than Shane Doan. And he was experienced. But he hasn't experienced a lot of success during his NHL tenure. Kessel has, and I think that could end up being the move that puts Arizona over the top. Okay, I can see them as a playoff team. What were your other ones again? My others were Winnipeg. Yep, definitely them. I think they'll be back. St. Louis giving us no reason to think they won't be back. I I don't think they'll be the favorite next year, but uh, I think they'll be a playoff team for sure. I think Colorado is going to get back. I think they'll be back, yeah. I have Nashville after adding Duchesne. Yep. They did lose Subban, but Duchesne is a big one. Uh, Calgary, I think, will take a step back, but I think they'll still make they'll it. They'll still be there, yeah. Uh, San Jose is going to take a step back, but I think they'll still make it. Yeah. And my last one was Dallas, who had a really good free yeah. agency period. I think the West is a little more easy to predict mm. um, right now. Uh, does Minnesota have any shot? I think they do, but I don't think Boudreaux lasts the season. No, oh, he's gone. I think he I'm, gets I'm, replaced by an interim, and maybe Minnesota has a chance to sneak in. They had a pretty good free agency period. They pick up Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Hartman's okay. Yeah. I, th- I still think they're a piece away, though. I just I don't like their wasting Zach Parise's no, career. It, no. uh, he's one of my favorites, and... Uh, I lived in the dorms next to him at North Dakota. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. I, I, I knew a lot of the guys at North Dakota. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, he. Uh, I, I hope he finds success because he came back to his home state and uh, won a cup with them, and they're just wasting his career. The, the, they're the, <laughs> the Mike McCarthy. Bruce <laughs> 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 Patrol. I did leave out Vegas as well. I think their salary cap situation is terrible. They are consistently getting worse since the expansion draft. They're not able to pay everybody or keep everybody together, and they've got a lot of aging guys on expiring contracts. I think they're going to be, this might be their last year as a playoff team. They're going to be a low-level team, 7-8. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the best they can do. And uh, then hope to pull a St. Louis and <laughs> pull up together a magical run. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops along with Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal. Let's take our last time out. We end the week the way we always love to with the Friday Funnies next in the Sports Pen and ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand with our free mobile app. You can get it from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Different than the ESPN app, and it's different than the Watch ESPN app, which I found out this week isn't working anymore. Yeah, I found that too. I was yeah. watching a game the other day, and it said, oh, you only have like 30 days left of this. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, so now what do I got to So now you got to get the ESPN app, yeah. which I did for my phone, my iPad, and I updated my iPad for the first time since like 2015 earlier today. i got to find a new iPad too. I, I, it works fine, mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of the apps don't go for my iPad now. i got to get a new iPad to be up to date, so i got to find a new one. Well, it's weird because I, I update my phone whenever I get one, but a lot of the updates I don't necessarily like. I just get used to. My iPad, sometimes I like keeping it simple, so I try not to update as much as possible. But I did have to update it to get this new ESPN app and be able to watch stuff on my iPad. So I went with it. I bit the bullet and went for it. Okay. So I tell you what, there's a lot of stuff you can check out with that. Uh, we're going to be have uh, we're going to have coverage of the home run derby plus the All Star Game Monday and Tuesday here on ESPN UP. You can hear that on your iPad. 
even with the ESPN app or the ESPN UP app, your choice. Plus, uh, it's not on ESPN, but we got some fun to look forward to this weekend with the Women's World Cup final, the U.S. taking on the Netherlands. Uh, I did not expect that to be the I final. didn't either. I didn't think the Dutch would make it that far, no. but uh, it creates a fun little atmosphere. I thought it would be U.S. and Sweden. That would have been too. a fun good battle, but uh, the Dutch are a scrappy team. I, I, They're not an overly talented team, mm-hmm. but they always... You know, find a way to win, and I, I'm wondering how that's going to match up with the uh, star power that the U.S. has. I'm going to predict 3-1 to one, the U.S. wins it. I think it's going to be a U.S. win, but I think it's going to be closer than people think. I mm-hmm. think a 3-1 sounds about right, or a 4-2, something like that. Something like that, but we're expecting the U.S. to be World Cup champions for the fourth straight year come Sunday. Yeah, it, uh, and that'd be a great achievement for them. Uh, and, you know, people are wondering, you know, Europe's really emerging, and other countries are emerging to keep up with them. So I th- feel like the Women's World Cup's going to be a lot more competitive in the future. It's not always the U- It's not going to be always the U.S.'s cup to win. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, it's going to be closer to, okay, there's about three, four, maybe five teams that could keep up with the U.S. So it's, uh, it- it's a fun tournament. I'm looking forward to watching the game. Well, I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. We're going to get into the Friday funnies here in just a moment. Ryan, though, again, being our hockey expert, had the chance to chat with the commissioner, Commissioner Robertson of the WCHA, because the big news that broke last week was that the WCHA could be no more here in a couple of years' time. Yeah, it uh Everybody knows by now Northern's going to bolt out of the WCHA. They're going to form their new conference, Tech's in there, Lake State's in there. And uh, I talked to Dr. Morris Kurtz, who you talked to mm-hmm. as well. Um, uh, he's a little evasive yeah. <laughs> on some of the questions I was answering. But uh, Bill was a, a little forthcoming with me. He liked to uh, um, – I think he's trying to stay positive, but I think telling by the tone of his voice that – I think he knows this is might be the end. You know, with the three teams that are remaining, I feel like this could be it. And especially with the budgetary issues that Alaska is going on right now. I mean, as I point out in the story, um, you know, the governor just lined item to 130 million out of the University of Alaska's budget, which amounts to 41 percent. Ouch! Which is would just cripple the university system and like kill the athletic department. And that's on top of, as I point out, uh, NPR said that's on top of five million dollar cut that already took place. So you got to now it's 135 million dollar cut. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to get this clarified. The 41 percent budget slash is that from the university's athletic budget or is that from the university as a whole? It's the university as a whole. Ouch. But that's where the universe, you know, the budget from the university funds the athletic. Right. Department. And athletics <laughs> is one of the first things that gets cut. Athletics yeah. and fine arts. Yeah, they'll. You know, they'll start cutting teams, and uh, hockey is their most expensive sport. Mm-hmm. So it, uh, if the legislature doesn't – by the way, I'm clarifying this isn't a political show. I'm just indicating – Right. Yeah, I'm indicating the situation. Politics there. are involved in yeah, it. Yeah, right. there is politics involved in it. If they cov- – if the legislature doesn't override that veto, I mean, it, all in all, I would say Fairbanks and Anchorage maybe have a year left. This mm-hmm. could be their last year as a program, which is really unfortunate because – I didn't. I thought maybe they had a few years left, but now they could be dead after just one year, and that's that's sad. Well, from talking to Dr. Kurtz, you and I both did. I had him here on the show earlier this week. You had a column about him. He didn't want to say it. He didn't want to mention anything about strength of schedule, logistics, but the three schools that would be left out of the new conference would be Alabama-Huntsville and the two Alaska schools, all long trips. None of them are really that good. 
How much of that do you believe? I feel I it? feel that was a bit of it. I think travel costs were in there. I think it's just the idea was that they were bringing down the league, and uh, Kurt said that you know they they want to have the best experience for their student athletes, and I think their theory if there's three schools that are bringing down the conference, which is a little weird because Huntsville's actually been fairly competitive. Mm-hmm. You know they've upset some some of the top teams as bill robertson pointed out in my story and uh they've been in the playoffs it's just they can't quite get over the hump because they can't get the recruits that everybody else Mm -hmm. does huntsville's in a far better situation they're trying to build an on-campus facility they're going through fundraising right now to get it the question is are they going to be the eighth team is the new conference going to admit them now if they get that on-campus facility have them be their longest trip are they going to make a big push to try to get arizona state or or is huntsville going to fit in better with atlantic hockey uh it it can go a lot of ways but the alaska schools are i would say hanging by a thread at this point and uh it doesn't look good and when when your official statement i think that anchorage released was like we're just um We'll just see how it goes. You're basically like accepting the fact that you're not going to last much longer. And it's sad. I don't mean to laugh about it, but it's just like they're they're kind of packing it in mentally at Mm -hmm. this point. They they know the writing's on the wall, and uh, it's sad because I I like the Alaska teams, but uh, we got the funnies. Let's move on to better. I could pick your brain about this all day, but watch for Ryan's column coming out in the Mining Journal Friday funnies here in the last five minutes of the show. Yeah, it. uh, So a guy did. Instead of burning his jersey with Kyrie Irving's, the guy put a globe and videotaped it. He just put a globe <laughs> on top of Kyrie Irving's jersey. I thought that was a hilarious burn on Kyrie. Not burn a jersey. I'm going to mock his flat earth philosophy by putting a globe on top Probably what of I need to do. Yeah. You have your Irving jersey. You should I do. do. I still don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Well, I think the globe thing is a great thing. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Joe Madden had a really impressive rant at the uh, umpires yesterday and uh, did a spin move. Yes. Did you see that? Like, this was like NBA quality spin move to get to the umpire and uh, just reminded me all the great umpire tirades I've seen, you know? Stealing bases, the whole kicking of the dirt, throwing the sand. Um, it's just, it was, it was one to be remembered about. Uh, had to be restrained. Held yeah, back. Yes, he did. But whatever he did, it worked. Because yeah, because snapped a four-game losing yeah, streak. Yeah, and won eleven to three. It just exploded offensively. The Mets honored the '69 Mets team uh, for winning their championship. It was their anniversary, and said two of their players were dead and weren't. Mm. So that was a bit of a gaffe. <laughs> Where, yeah, where you have an in memoriam thing on your scoreboard, and two of those guys are still alive. <laughs> um, Jim Gosker's one of them, and uh, he had a good laugh about it. His phone was just blowing up yeah, after that. Yeah, and he was just like, "Hey, and all." Did something still, happen to you? Yeah, I'm I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. But the funny thing that he pointed out is he said that he and a couple of the other players never got their World Series rings. Oh from the no. Mets. It's been, what, 50 years, mm-hmm. and you never got your World Series ring? I thought they were dead. Yeah, maybe all this time. Well, we don't get to send him a ring. <laughs> He's already gone. He's, we've had him in our in-memoriam. Send it to his family. Yeah. Um, but that was a, a funny thing. Uh, uh, I'll go with uh, the White Sox's Daniel Paca decided mm. he wanted to change his name. 
Last year, he had 27 home runs, 67 RBIs, but struck out 153 times. Mm. He started the year 1 for 35 with 16 strikeouts. He gets sent down, but now he's brought back up, and now he said he wants to be called Julian. Julian Polka. Yeah. Never actually really gave a specific reason why, but wants to be called Julian. I don't think that's going to stick. Since he came up, as of Tuesday, he's he went 0 for 5, and, yeah. <laughs> so he's had a terrible start since he's been called up. So I don't think the name change helped him all that much. He he's has to be up in the lineup right now because of the White Sox injury and uh, injury situation, what have you, because they lost Nicky Delmonico for a while. Uh, they've had a few other guys that aren't in the lineup for them right now. Yeah, but still, I mean... I don't, Julian, you know, not like something really kind of fits with not his Daniel, name. Dan. Not, not Dan or... Danny Polka. Uh, yeah, or D-Man or something. <laughs> or, you know, some crazy nickname. No, Julian. So there you go, and it hasn't really paid off for them. Him and uh, Chris Herman got traded to Chicago from the Twins a few years ago. Yeah, and uh, it hasn't worked out well no, for it him hasn't. since he's moved there, but... Uh, Last thing I want to talk about is, you know, Alex Morgan did her tea sip. Yes. Her hilarious tea sip. And uh, my question is, what are they going to do with the Dutch? Because, I mean, I I feel like that was kind of a jab at England because Mm -hmm. England was cocky and they were doing some dirty stuff during the game. But, like, what's the celebration like? I mean, do you, like, pretend to clog dance? I am more than half Dutch, and I have heard all the jokes. So I know all the stereotypes that go with it. Yeah, uh, there'll probably be a lot of trash talking that includes tulip jokes on the field. Uh, wooden shoes, I'm sure, are going to come into play How at about some windmills? point. Windmills, I'm sure, will. <laughs> uh, growing up in Iowa, it's kind of an area similar to what Michigan has in Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Very big uh, Dutch contingent there. So yeah, there'll probably be all the above: the clogs, the windmills, the tulips. Uh, great chocolate. I don't know if that comes into play, but if you've never had original Dutch chocolate, I have, and it's the yeah. best. Well, will weed be involved? Will weed be involved? Because <laughs> uh, some people were saying like she looked like she was smoking a joint <laughs> instead of doing tea. Amsterdam tea. is doing a lot yeah, better yeah, for that yeah, than yeah, London yeah, is. Yeah, so who knows? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but I was thinking, what's the celebration? That she did the tea, so. Do you clog dance? Do you spin your arms in a windmill? Do you, I mean, light up a doob or something like that? I mean, I'm trying to think what would be the best celebration. I don't think they'll do anything directed toward Dutch heritage because they're not running their mouth like Pierce Morgan and the English were. So Pierce Morgan can take that, stick his tea in his crumpet, and suck that down. <laughs> it's just, I thought that was a hilarious bit, but now I'm just like... Okay, now it's the Netherlands. With Sweden, it would have been, okay, what are they going to do with Sweden? But I, I think they'll probably tone it down because the Dutch are just, at this point, they're happy to get this far, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to put up a good fight rather than they expect to win like England did. So uh, I think the cockiness isn't going to be there, and maybe the animosity isn't going to be that high. But I was just thinking, what would what would be the taunt against the Dutch? So Oh, boy. Danny <laughs> with you. Yeah. Glad to have you along here on ESPN-UP. We are out of time. Appreciate you as always, my man. When can we expect your commissioner column to come out? Oh, I, I'm not writing a column. It's just the story that came out oh, today. Oh, okay, got you, got you. So it's out today in the Mining no, it, Journal. It is on today in the Mining Journal. It's up online if you want to snag the link. Uh, it's uh, 
So I, th- I hope people find it interesting. It's not as huge of an update, um, but I had some more recent conversation with Robertson, so I think people find that interesting. My column this week is going to be about uh, my recent trip to Lambeau Field mm. and checking out the Packers Hall of Fame, and uh, I think people find it entertaining. So That is it for us. Once again, appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. We are back on Monday. We'll have some Home Run Derby previewing and hopefully a Kawhi Leonard decision. That's coming up next week. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, I'm Tanner Hoops in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.